Hello, people, and welcome to this week's episode of the Two Half Show. Joining me, as always, is Usama Sadiq. Usama, how you doing, my bro? Yeah, I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, good, good. Been an interesting week of sport this week. A lot coming out of the Premier League, out of Europe. Uh, transfer market's been going crazy as well. And some interesting news out of the NBA, even though we're in the summer break. On today's show, we're going to be discussing Parker sacked from Bournemouth already. This morning, the news has come out. Is it justified or is it just way too early and overreacting to the bad loss to Liverpool? We'll also be discussing the other managers at risk. Um, Steven Gerrard, Frank Lampard and maybe Brendan Rodgers as well. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Richarlison, everyone's been discussing, saying their opinion. And our reaction to the Champions League as we preview it following the draw. The group of death, our early favourites uh, and so on. Uh, on the second half of the show, we'll be talking about the NBA, the news coming out that Beverly's been traded to the Lakers. What's going to happen with Russ now that that trade has gone through? And Chet Holmgren out for the whole season after being injured in a pro-am game. Pro-ams, are they a good idea or not? Usama? Yes. How are you doing, my bro? You good? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good, man. How are you? Yeah, not bad, not bad. So, uh, were you shocked today when we saw the uh, Scott Parker news? Being yeah. fired from Bournemouth. That was a shock to me, bro. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm surprised. I thought they got a very good result against Aston Villa. Come up against some difficult teams. Uh, I'd say Liverpool one was caught off guard in terms of no one expected them to lose 9-0. Yeah. Uh, maybe 3-4, but 9 was a big statement. That could have pushed the owner or the hierarchy in terms of making their decision. But... Yeah, but this is the weird thing, because like, I agree 9-0 is like mm. a crazy result, and maybe it was a knee-jerk reaction, but you know, we've seen Southampton lose 9-0 twice under Hassan Hulu, yeah. and he's still manager. They're still holding fire with him, and it's like you said, three games, all against the top six, they mm. didn't expect to win, yeah. and you know, the one game against Villa that maybe didn't expect to win that either, and they got a result. Yeah. I think the 9-0 hammering was bad enough, but I think it's the post-match interview that you yeah i've from seen Scott some Parker. people say that to be fair That's what yeah saying. he was he the comments after the game were kind of suggesting that he didn't get backed as he'd yeah. like mm. and that he expects to lose heavily again and I, I think it might have been more to do with off the field issues but still on the field like yeah the promotion it's the earliest the manager's ever been sacked from a promoted team yeah it really makes no sense and it's like what options are there for them now and I think ultimately, like to put it in the context of the whole league, what's surprising for me is that there's at least three managers that I would say are under more pressure. Yeah. Specifically, Steven Gerrard and Lampard. I'm mm. I'm I'm very surprised at the lack of criticism towards Gerrard. Mm. Um, Lampard's had criticism to be fair to him, but He's again, they're the struggling same. this mm. year. They haven't won a game this year. No, no. I think there's more pressure on Gerrard than there is on Lampard. I think reason being, Gerrard's got to spend the money that he wanted. During the transfer window. And Villa spent a lot before uh, yeah. as well. Um, and for him not to even get uh, a win under the belt, uh, it's kind of worrying for them because you've, you've spent all this money. Yeah, you've, no, sorry, they do have one, I believe. Yeah, they beat, they beat Everton. Yeah. But, but apart from that, they've been very, very underwhelming. Mm. The, 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 this is the shocking thing for me. Uh, and I heard someone mention this over the weekend. Steven Gerrard's record now at Aston Villa is worse than Gary Neville's at Valencia. And Gary Neville thought he did <laughs> yeah. that badly Jeez. that he doesn't want to manage ever again. Mm. So, it's it's the for me, it's because not a lot of people are talking about it. Not a lot of people want to criticise it that it's it's not being mentioned. And I think that is largely down to 
kind of being gold protective of certain managers yeah. like Lampard, Gerrard, and so on. But at the, at the end of the day, you have to perform. Yeah, no, I think you're right in your point where they're overprotecting young English managers that they want to see grow, as well as obviously English legends such as Lampard and Gerrard. But I think they too deserve the criticism that certain managers in the Premier League are getting. Um, and some managers are not even getting enough recognition in the league. But 100%, I think 100%, 100%. I mean, uh, do you know what, bro? The one that, Potter. Yeah. Wow. He's an English manager. Doing he's, he's doing right really now. well against with, with Brighton. And yeah, I think maybe because obviously he's not uh, an England legend or might have played for them. Yeah. I think they've not really hyped him up as much as they should do. I think another young, another manager I'd say as well is Jesse March from Leeds. He's done yeah, really well. Yeah. I think with him, it's the American stigma as yeah, well. Yeah, that they don't really want to gas him up or hype him up to the media as to what they should be doing for these two managers. Yeah, 100%. Graham Potter for me is a big one. As mm. a United fan, I'm looking at it as a United fan who we just, we've just got a new manager. It worries me that the next top six club to need a new manager will get Potter. Yeah. Whether that yeah, might be Liverpool, so. it might mm. be City, it might be Spurs, whoever that might be. might be Chelsea actually looking at how this season might end up going for them. It worries me because he's incredible. He is genuinely so underrated. Yeah. And mm. this season, he's still doing it with, with Brighton now, despite not having a striker still. Yeah. He's, I'm very impressed with him. Very impressed. I think because the way he structures his team uh, and the football they play, they don't sit back and counter-attack. They actually go out to teams and want to play the football they want to play. And obviously, they get a lot of... Certain teams get a lot of criticism for doing that against the big teams. Uh, or these guys that are already knowing coming in, they're going to win. Um, so let's just sit back and make the scoreline as low as possible. But as for the, obviously, Graham Potter, he wants to go out, show the fans, okay, you know what? This is what the team we've got. This is what we're working on. So his, his project is actually working well and succeeding. Yeah, it's and definitely... It's definitely something that the big boys will start looking at. And mm. I'm looking at their fixtures. They've got some nice fixtures coming yeah. up. You know what I mean? I think they play Leicester over the weekend. They've got Fulham today, essentially. Yeah. Obviously, we're recording this on the Tuesday. They're, they've got potential to, you know, if they put a consistent run of form this year without Europe, with that rest because of the World Cup, I think Brighton they can push, yeah. could push to them Europa Conference uh, Easily. spots. Yeah. Definitely. And for... Any of our FPL fans, make sure to get some Brighton players in. Yeah, definitely try and get one or two in there. Moving on. Now, there's, this, this weekend was probably the most entertaining this, so far this season in the Premier League. Manchester City, great comeback. Haaland absolutely doing bits, as Monster. you predicted. Mm. He's, he's a problem. He's probably going to get top scorer this season. Um, Liverpool, 9-0, finally getting a win under their belt this season, showing a statement that they're still there. Spurs. Spurs are going to challenge this year. Yeah. Nottingham Forest played very well. Nottingham Forest should have at least drew that game. Yeah. Dean Henderson again putting in a sublime performance as goalkeeper on loan from Manchester United. But I want to talk about an incident that had nothing to do with the final score. And it was the Richarlison performance, shall we say. You know, the little kick-ups. Yeah. And then getting taken out by Brennan Johnson. Now, I've seen a lot of opinions from both sides you know people saying this is what football's about we've got to love it love seeing it the skill uh the ingenuity and then you have the other side who are oh, it's disrespectful to your opponent 
um, and so on and so on. Some people taking it way too far, saying it should be booked, whatever. What's your opinion on this? Because I've got mm. an opinion on this. Yeah. And it's 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 very context based. What's your what's your opinion about showboating in a game where you're comfortably in the lead? Showing off, doing pieces of skill, taking the mick out of your opponent a little bit. What's your opinion on that? No, nah, for me, I'm all for it. Uh I think reason being I grew up watching flair and like skillful players like Ronaldinho, Zidane, Cristiano during his younger times at United. And for me, that's what engages younger fans to get in love with the football um and yeah it's like you want something you, you want something to take you off your seat like you're excited yeah. for it and obviously seeing the skills from like certain specific players like a few nutmegs rainbow flicks whatever it is it's all for the positive mindset of yeah you know what football is actually a beautiful game to watch and obviously there's certain players that have specific attributes that obviously certain others can't do so i think for me, I'd, I'd love for more players, more flair players to do so. Um, but there's not enough that do it in the Premier League. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. For me, it's, like I said, it's context-based. For me, I look at it in two ways. Uh-huh. Um, I look at it, if I'm watching a game as a neutral, I agree with you 100%. As a neutral, I, 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 would, I love seeing that. I loved it when Richarlison did it. But I also love the fact that Brennan Johnson took yeah. him out, right? Because yeah. anyone who's played football at any level knows if someone does that to you, you're going to take yeah, them out. Yeah, it's frustrating, yeah. Now, I have no issue with a player doing that as long as they're aware that they are going to get taken out. Mm. That's totally fine by me. My issue is if I'm a fan and I'm watching a game as a fan. Yeah. Because, say I'm a Spurs fan, Richarlison does that, Brennan Johnson comes in, takes him out, and he's injured for three weeks. That means we have a player who's playing well, Richardson's playing really well for Spurs, injured, making us less likely to win them games while he's injured. Okay. So for me, it's like, I understand it's nice, and it's nice for the little TikTok compilation after the game, and it's to post it on your Instagram. Love it. Beautiful. Nice piece of skill. Love it. But at the same time, me as a fan, if my player does that, and you're risking yourself getting injured, and the team's going to perform badly because of the, your potential yeah. injury, mm. it's a bit annoying. Do you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, no, no. It makes sense. But... If, if at the same time you're that skillful enough to even get away with people trying to hack you down, even better for me. Because I remember Nani against Arsenal doing oh, little juggles. Yeah. Remember that? And then guys yeah, came in trying to take him yeah. out. Trying to take him mm. out. My guy was jumping over their, their challenges. If, you, if you're a player of that level of skill that you can do that, fair play to you. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think it really depends on context for me. I think certain players just have that in them and Richarlison's you know he's he's got the little flair little yeah but he's also got he's also got that thing where he loves being an annoying yeah, guy he's and an it was arrogant like the perfect guy. mix in that situation but at the same time I don't blame Brennan, Brennan Johnson for taking him taking him out I've done the same do you know what I'm saying yeah mm. if someone's doing that to me I'm taking him out the first thing I thought when I saw that was Barcelona 8-2 by Munich no one from Bayern Munich was doing that I think how they did it was I can show you that I'm better than you by just playing the game and scoring more goals rather than showboating. So I think if if we want to talk about like respectful, quote, respectful, I guess that's probably more respectful in that, you know, kill him with a skill rather than take the piss. But I, it's fun to watch. Like, you know, let's not lie. It's fun to watch. I'm a United fan, bro. Anthony's going to try his stupid spin <laughs> move and get sent to row Z. Uh, 360 you know no yeah, Bro, mm. he's going to try it, but he's going to get sent to row Z and maybe he'll do it less after that. But 
when he does it, I'm going to love it like every other United fan. Yeah. But at the same time, if he gets injured because of it and he yeah. misses a month or mm. misses two months because his knee's messed up. Yeah, I mean, uh, problems. Side question though. Who's the best player player that you've seen in the Premier League? Ooh, in the Premier League? In the Premier League. Specifically, right. I've, I've got two top of my head right now. Ronaldo was naughty. Ronaldo mm. was just naughty. But I think if we're going to go off flair and we're going to ignore the footballing team ability, and everything, yeah. we're going to ignore footballing ability, just, just how good they were. Joy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Adults are wrapped, bro. Exactly, bro. Oh Adults are wrapped. God. This guy was a baller. Something else, mm. man. Just watching him gave me joy. Yeah. So even uh, even as an Liverpool fan, yeah, yeah, easily him at QPR and Tottenham. Wow. Him at Tottenham, especially, bro. Yeah. Him at Tottenham was something else. He just broke in, so he had all that confidence, and was embarrassing players. He was he was something else. I think you know what's weird. I was listening to like a podcast from Jermaine Defoe, and he said the most skillful players ever played with was Adam Torrept. Yeah, it mind, doesn't surprise me, bro. It doesn't surprise me. He's not me. even played more than a year or two years with him. And he just said that. That's crazy, yeah. man. The next, the next United-Liverpool game is going to be the F2 freestylers against uh, each other. Luis <laughs> Diaz against Anthony. That's going to be fun, isn't it? Right. Uh, finally, let's move away from the Premier League a little bit. The Champions League draw. Now, for me, like, this, this Champions League draw felt a little bit kind of... It was missing something. Yeah. The, the group seemed to be a bit kind of... Average almost, yeah. Like, th- there's two standout groups, obviously. Um, group C and Group H, you know, Group C with Bayern Munich and Barcelona, whereas Group H had uh, PSG and Juve. But I think, apart from that, the groups didn't really fill me up with that much excitement. Oof, I'd, I'd also add Group A, Liverpool's group to that. It, Liverpool's group looks fun, right? It looks fun, yeah, for a neutral, but... not for a Liverpool fan. No, 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 it looks fun, mm-hmm. but I think Liverpool win eight or nine of them, nine games, bro. Ajax are severely weakened. Yeah. Napoli, Napoli, Napoli to be fair, really have strengthened, the but they've yeah. lost Fabian Ruiz now. Are they going to add Ronaldo? That's a question that's going to get answered in the next couple of days. But I think, I think it'd be, you'll at least beat them at home. And then... Van Bronckhorst is doing really well with Rangers. Yeah, but uh, bro, uh, let's maybe be honest, they could Rangers push. are going to finish, finish bottom of that group. You know what I mean? They were lucky to, to get through. For me, it's... That, that group is like some of the others. But yeah, it's interesting. But I think for me... It's group C and H. C yeah. and H are the ones where you're like, okay, this is gonna be fun. Do you know what I mean? This is gonna be fun. From from looking at the groups and also just just your opinion, mm. early early opinion. Obviously, the Champions League kicks off next week. Who's your favorite this year? <laughs> Weirdly enough, I don't know why, but I'm pushing more towards Bayern Munich. Really? Bayern, honestly, wow, interesting. I think um, Nagelsmann. He's got the certain players that he has now. He's got his system that he wants to play. He's had a year with the team. And I think, yeah, he's suited his tactics well. So, yeah, I think they'll do really well. I think they would push to at least minimum semifinals. But I can see them going all the way. Do you know what? I, I can, for me, I have to see how they do in the group. For me, the, the favourite is very obvious. I hate it. Don't you dare say I good. absolutely hate it. No. Uh, see? I hate it. I think it's going to be Man City. I think this is the year. I, I think Haaland is the missing piece. Haaland is the piece that doesn't follow Pep's tactics. Haaland is the match winner. And they needed a match winner against Madrid. And I think this is their year. And I really hope I'm wrong. But I think they're... I think when I look at it, all the other top contenders, I feel I've got weaker in one way or another. Okay. So I look at it, for example, Madrid have added to their midfield, but they've almost added with a 10, 15-year vision. 
And I think because of that, I, I don't know whether they can replicate what they did last season. Hopefully they can by beating City, but um, <laughs> I don't I don't think they will. Bayern Munich, I've added Mane, but then they've got rid of Lewandowski. How much further have they moved forward? I'd love for them to, to, to win it. I always say Bayern Munich every season, but this season, I don't know. It feels like there's something missing. And with City, I just feel like they've strengthened. Question though. Another thing you've taken into account PSG. Right, PSG for me, <laughs> it's very hard for me to ever say PSG to challenge because I think I think PSG's problem isn't necessarily their team. I think with PSG, it's more because they play in a league that's very uncompetitive. Yeah. They don't have the competitive edge when it comes to Europe. They're not... They're kind of not staying in shape because of the lack of competitiveness in the league. Uh, they lose focus. Yeah. Um. So, I think it's very hard for me to say it. Listen, with the quality they have, with the front three they have, finally with a, a top quality manager in Gaite, they they might do it. Of course, I can't see past City, bro. I just can't. Okay, but I think uh, to be fair, like with PSG, the sign that they've made, they're not superstars they are yeah, superstars in their own way signings, yeah i agree and the more they're not ego players that would come into a dressing room that okay i demand to play every game like 100%. the front three that they have and i think yeah you're right with the manager that he's a top class manager and i think the way they're suited to play now he's got a specific way of three at the back but your wing backs pushing high and you've got variety or he's, he's, like, he's like set up a play yeah. style that suits the players they have and I, 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 can I wouldn't see him be surprised all. if they get to a final, for example. They've done it two years ago. But for me, it's do they have the competitive edge that some other teams will have? For me, it's also a large part of it will come down to how fit players are. Maybe mm. that works out in PSG's favour because of the lack of competitiveness yeah. because the World Cup is going to play a large part in this. Um, if I was to ask you, who's your dark horse? Who's the team that Villarreal of last season? The team that's going to make it to the semi-final and no one expected them to get that far. Um, initially, I would have probably said Inter Milan. But I think looking at the group that they're in... Yeah, it's a tough group, mm, isn't it? Uh, I think one that no one's taking into account is either Barcelona or Tottenham. I, I don't think Barcelona are... Because of the players they've signed this summer on the squad they have this season... There's pressure on them, can't. yeah. Yeah, but I can't. I don't consider them a dark horse. Like, if they got to a semi-final, that doesn't surprise yeah, me because of the caliber mm. they have. Spurs, maybe because Conte doesn't usually do well in Champions Leagues. So yeah, I can see that. Do you reckon Spurs have have a chance then of going far? Uh, I think Spurs will do well. I think they'll get past the group stage quite easily. Yeah, um, they've got a very just, easy group. Yeah, it just depends on the type of draw that they get. If they get something within their favor, then yeah, I can see them pushing well because you've got quality players within the squad. Uh, I think them doing really well will help. So it just depends on how Conte sets his team up and what you expect of him. Why would you think? Yeah, I think I think their group is very helpful for them in the Premier League and the Champions League because they can easily rest their players a bit more. Um, and I think that's going to help them even in their league campaign, to be fair. And that's, that's definitely something to consider. But to be fair, all the English teams have had relatively kind of straightforward groups. For me, the dark horse is AC Milan. I think they go through. They okay. at worst, I think they come second um, to Chelsea. But I love their squad. I, they're an exciting team. I think the only thing that I think kind they, of worrying for me. They have a top class keeper in my hand. Yeah. I think their midfield is elite. Even after losing Kessie, Benassal, what a player! Yeah. And their attacking line, Liao, and so on. 
I think they have a chance of kind of being a surprise package. I don't think there's any expectation, but it wouldn't surprise me if they go far. Their missing piece would have to be a striker. I know they've got Olivier Giroud, he's a quality striker, but... But Liao, to be fair, can fill in at striker. For me, it's more their defence that's a question mark. No, I think that they're looking to get um, another player in before the transfer in the closes. But I think it's... Liao is their main threat, attacking threat, and his best suited position is left wing. Now, having Giroud, I think it's more of like a hold-up striker. will do really well, but Zlatan's not going to do much this season. So you're trusting all your Champions League hopes into Giroud performing really well against I think, other teams. I, just, I think it's more if they get a nice draw in the round of 16, you never know, you never know. Ooh, if, if I ask you for your disappointment of the summer, so like Barcelona last year, no one expected them to drop down to the Europa League. Who's your disappointment of the year this season? Who do you think will be a team that doesn't perform as we expect? Uh, I think, weirdly enough, not many people would say. would have to be Borussia Dortmund. Now, is there expectation around them, though? There isn't much expectations, but I think they're in an easy enough group for them to go through. I would be surprised if they don't make it um, in terms of... I think they've got Sevilla, that's a difficult one. Yeah, I th- I, I, for me, I have to disagree with you on that because for me, I think City and Sevilla go through. So I don't think it's a disappointment if no, they no, don't I, go through. It depends on the signings that obviously Sevilla have made because obviously they've got in Isco and they're looking to get a couple more players. Yanazai today looks like he's going to be yeah. for them as well, so that's interesting. But because uh, I think Dortmund are classed as the second biggest team in, or the first biggest team in terms of fans based, but the second best team in Germany. And to see them not even go past Champions League group stage is disappointment in itself. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. For me, I go back to what I said was hard uh-huh. group C. I think the disappointment would come in that group. And I think it's either Bayern Munich or Barcelona. I, I don't know who. No. I, uh, bro, honestly, I, I think if Inter Milan managed to get a good result against one or two of them, they... Inter Milan, if Inter Milan go through, then one of Bayern or Barca is going to be dropping down. It wouldn't surprise me if Inter went through. But what if it's Inter themselves? I have a got... bad feeling about Bayern, you know. I just have a bad feeling. Yeah. I think, honestly, they're doing really well in the league. Um, but they drew today, like, in a yeah. game they, sh- they should have won. Some put in a man of the match performance yeah, this weekend. How do you expect to stop 19 saves? Yeah, and, I, I mean, mean... That's ridiculous. It, obviously, they couldn't account for that, but... Bro, there's something about Bayern that just doesn't sit well with me. I, I love Bayern. I hope they, they win the whole thing, to be honest with you. I, want Sa- I think if they win the whole thing, Sadio Mane is potentially Ballon d'Or contending hopefully, next man, summer. Hopefully, But for me, it's that group is the one where if Inter Milan managed to get a result or two, then you're looking at Bayern or Barca dropping down for me. But it's just because it's the most packed group. In terms of big superstars. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, Juventus maybe if Benfica do well, you know, the same mm. team that did well against Barcelona last year. But at the same time, it wouldn't shock me as much if Juventus dropped down as it would by Munich or Barcelona, especially with Allegri as manager, to be honest with you. Guys, give us your thoughts, your predictions for the Champions League. Who you think is your favourite for the Champions League this season? Who's going to be your dark horse and who's the team that you expect to disappoint this season? Um, the Champions League obviously kicking off next week um, so we'll be looking forward to that I miss the Champions yeah, League nights of course. it's going to be good to have it back moving on Usama to our second half of the show where we'll be talking about the NBA usually it's quiet at this time of year the NBA it's the six months off but last week we've had a couple of big pieces of news I think what we'll start with with Chet Holmgren 
Um, so for for you guys that might not be familiar with Chet, Chet Holmgren was the second pick in the NBA draft this year, going to uh, OKC. And in the NBA, in basketball in the US, they have these events called Pro-Am events, which are professional and amateur basketball games. Um, and they're done through the summer, during the off-season. Um, a lot of professionals do it to keep themselves fit. A lot of amateurs or, or you know, NBA prospects do it to kind of uh, increase their stock. It's a good chance for professionals and amateurs alike to kind of put events on for, for fans. Now, usually these go without a hitch. But Chet Holmgren, as mentioned, the second pick in the NBA draft, got injured last week in mm. an event. Um, which sees him miss the whole of his rookie season. Osama, what are your thoughts first on pro-am events? They're, they're basically, you know, if, if someone's more familiar with football, they're essentially if footballers, if, if Osama was going down to his local five-a-side and was playing with us, Mandembele, during the summer, essentially. What are your thoughts on pro-am, pro-ams generally? I think, for me, I'm all for it. Um... Yeah, it's good for the pro players to kind of give back to the fans uh, that might not be able to have, obviously, tickets to games. Or I think it's something for the basketball players to give back to their community. It's also good for the fitness as well. Obviously, the point of professional players yeah. usually playing them is to stay fit during the off-season, which is six months uh, in the NBA, isn't it? So it's like... It's kind of like a little pre-season tour of... It's more... Like I said, it's more if, if you had professional footballers playing five-a-side. Yeah. I think, I think the reason is, obviously, because of the long time that they are off in the NBA. Mm. You know, football, a month, maybe two yeah. months at best if they're off. But, you know, a six-month period, I think players yeah. want to stay fit. It's like trying to dust off longer. the yeah, cobwebs, in a way. With Chet himself, I think... Uh, I don't really have an issue with, with proms, in mm. my opinion. I, I think they're a good thing. It's unfortunate when a situation yeah. like with Chet happens, but it's not it's not a usual occurrence. Um, so there's no reason for kind of people to have second thoughts about playing in programs. But for, I don't think it's a problem for OKC. No. Because OKC were never, they, they knew they weren't going to challenge it. It was more of a development year this season. However, I think for Chet, it might, it could have been good for him to play this season because it would have given him a season, especially with his physique, to catch up to the NBA level. Mm. And to get a bit more physical and get used to the intensity, I think that's something he's going to miss out on. But at the end, of, we've seen rookies miss their first year. You know, Ben Simmons yeah. missed his rookie year, one rookie of the year, the year out. So it's it's not an issue. It's just interest. It's an interesting conversation around games that are not necessary um, to be played or not to be played during um, you know the summer. Mm. Um, moving on to some bigger, bigger news um, in the NBA now. Patrick Beverly last week in a surprise to everyone got traded to the Lakers. Lakers, yeah. Now, for me, the weird thing about that is you're bringing in Patrick Beverly to a team that already doesn't have a settled um, starting five. And okay. you've bought in uh, an, an unknown element to a team that's already quite unstable. We We know for a fact, for example that Patrick Beverly and Westbrook have had, you know, they've had words the beef, in the yeah. past. Yeah, they've had a bit of beef in the past. We also have seen an interesting report by Joe Van Buer 
who's the beat writer for The Athletic for the Lakers, that Patrick Beverly isn't their final move this summer and that they are actively pursuing deals to trade Westbrook and to improve their roster. Now, it's no surprise that they want to get rid of Westbrook. But the problem is still the same issue as the start of the summer. No one wants him. So how do you go about incentivizing a team to trade for Westbrook? I think that's a really good question. I don't think, obviously, like you said, there's not many teams that do want Westbrook. I think you just got to find a way to get rid of him. Get rid of him. Uh, you've got Pat Bev coming in. Uh, obviously, you know, there's a bit of friction between the two players. Uh, I think you just got to do everything you can within get rid of him because, you know, from the get-go, I think you've given him uh, a couple of years. Try out. It's not worked out. Both parties know, look, the best route is for me to leave, uh, for Westbrook to leave. And I think, yeah, it's it's only fair enough for the player, let alone the organisation, to part ways with him. So I think, in my opinion, just do what's... Did you find suited. it weird what LeBron said? Yeah. Trying to hype him up for this season, yeah. even though everyone expects but him to be traded. I think maybe it's just a... It could be like a PR stunt from LeBron, yeah. but I'd be surprised if it was. Uh, I think it's just trying to get him... Because obviously, you know, the main two stars are Bron and AD. Now, if Pat Bev comes in, he's a confirmed starter. I think for me, what surprised me more was that they got Do you got think he's a confirmed starter then? Uh, who else would you play? That, that's true. I mean, there's not they, many don't, they don't have a lot of names yeah. on the roster, to be fair. I think there's one I that, think Patrick hmm. Beverly. Patrick Beverly, for me, isn't a top-class No, he's player. not. He's a player who's a bit annoying to play against. And for me... For a championship team, hmm. Patrick Beverly should be a bench option. Yeah, but then, okay, think about the options that they have currently. Would he improve the team? I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. He, he, I think he gives them a different dynamic. Yeah, 100%. He gives them a different dynamic for sure. I think that, the thing that kind of worried me was them, for example, getting rid of Caruso. And look how well he's done for the... the that, that was surprising at the Chicago time. Chicago Bulls, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think there's a chance that they trade for Buddy Hield? Nah. For, for me, I think he's good, but I think he's that good enough to improve the Lakers. Do you know, I think he is. And I think the problem with him is more that the Lakers probably can't afford him. But I, honestly, I think they're screwed, bro. I, I just, I don't understand how they got themselves into this position. As you mentioned, <laughs> Caruso. Mm. But it's more than just him. It's, it's multiple players of, yeah, that yeah. they obviously let go over the years and they've got mm. themselves into a position where they have no choice but to run it back, I feel. Mm. And I think that's a toxic environment. And if the, the most likely, I still maintain, as I might have mentioned in the previous episode, that the most likely scenario for me with Westbrook is that he gets traded to the Pacers. Um, and and obviously, they they would benefit from kind of the cap space that he would eventually uh, provide. But you're not getting anything back for him. And that is a big problem, especially when you have a lack of picks like the Lakers do. So for me, it's it's interesting the kind of moves that are going to be made in the NBA. We've seen now KD staying at staying at the, mm. uh, yeah staying in the Nets. So I, and I think that was a catalyst to the Patrick Beverly trade being made mm. because I think that kind of closes the door potentially on Kyrie going to the Lakers. So I think that that kind of prompted that trade. But yeah, so in in terms of for you, how far do you if think I said go? to you? The Lakers, as currently constructed, mm. exactly. How far do you think they would go? <laughs> I'd be surprised if they actually make the conference. And, yeah, and I, I, I know they yeah. won't. I know they won't make it. 
but it'd be a shock. I think if they do, it's going to take a lot from Bron and AD to actually get him there. Yeah, it's going to have to be LeBron and AD really pushing that. And they're going to need they're going to need AD to perform at his twenty twenty yeah. level to even make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what about yourself? Uh, for me, think? most likely, I, I can't see them making the playoffs this year. I think the only way they make the playoffs if, is if any other teams underperform. Um, and I think because of that, I, I found LeBron's comments today very interesting. Or yesterday. Talking about he plans to play w- with Bronny and Bryce when they make it into the league. Now, he's, we know he signed a two-year extension. That would take him up until 2024. And I think, I might be wrong, but I think that's when Bronny makes it into the league. Is it for him that would signal that it's no longer about winning championships now for him, if that's true? And it's more about getting as him much money. For building his mm. business empire in LA, living the nice life in LA, having a small chance at making the players, but it's not a priority. And then going on to play with his son, which is, would be incredible because of the age that he'd still be playing at in 2024. So I can't see them challenging. I think it's going to be a struggle for them. Um, but it is going to be interesting if they're going to make any of the moves. If I had to ask you for one name to win the chip this season, who are you going for? Uh, I'm, I'm going for Bucks. Yeah, uh, you think Giannis is... I think, yeah. Bro, you see Giannis two yeah, days ago. Yeah, fam, I wow. know, broski. Uh, I think honestly they're more eager and hungry now because I think they've disappointed majority of their fans last year um, in not making it through. And I think that's going to add to Yanis's hunger because yeah. I think he's seen himself. He is the best player in the league now, and he sees himself as that. And I mean that performance that he he, put, he, he dropped a, yeah. over sixty points. I know it's international basketball and it's not you know top level basketball like the NBA, but. He just looks in dominant form mm. in this off-season. I think he's, and he's it's scary hours yeah, for people when it comes to the, to the season kicking off. I think he's finally hit his, his peak. Like Yeah, he's, 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 he's there now. He's, yeah. he's, at, he's at dominance level. And he reminds me of like a younger Bron. When Bron came into the league, he was just there, like not afraid of anyone. He can dunk over whoever. Yeah, a force and of nature, he's a freak, um, man. I, I don't think you're far off, bro. And I think with the team that they have, they're very stable. Compare them to the Lakers where yeah, it's like, who's it's just, in, who's out, yeah. bring him in, Patrick Beverly, whatever, whatever. With the Bucks, it's much more stable. It's smarter moves. It's we're not going to move too many pieces around. We're going to build around the core that we have. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts. I don't know how well Boston are going to, if they can kind of keep at the same level for another year. I think um, the Nets, I still have to see it to believe it. I love KD, but I think I still have to see it to believe it. So for me, it's you know, I think the Bucks. I think I would love a Bucks Clippers final. I'm interested to see how the Clippers do next season with with Kawhi back. When Ka- you miss that much yeah. basketball, you never know the level he's going to come yeah. back at. Um, but if it's at the high, if it's at the top level that he was previously, um, yeah. and Paul George plays as we know he can play, I think they have a chance to kind of uh, come out of the West. Obviously, the the Warriors, the Warriors. You know, I mean, they, they're going to be there and thereabouts as well. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that brings us to the end of uh, this week's episode. Usama, thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. It's been a pleasure to be here, as usual. And also thank you to you guys for sticking with us and listening. Be sure to like, comment, 
subscribe, and leave your opinions on our opinions, and let us know your thoughts. Until then, enjoy the midweek fixtures, enjoy the weekend, and we'll see you next week. Until then, keep it locked.